0: If you could have a guide, someone to help you tell your story, give you the tools to reach your ideal customer, lead you to living your dreams and turning a profit, would you follow it? Everyone, every passion has a place in this world and each has the potential to be unstoppable. It's time to buckle up and tune in to your personal strategist, life purpose coach and marketing maven, Lindy Chafin-Start.
1: this gorgeous Wednesday. Um, I have to say, folks, I'm in my studio away from studio this week and not hating it. (laughs) I'm on the beautiful Gulf shores of Florida, and I wish I had on my progressive lenses instead of my readers so I could actually look out at the ocean and see my computer all at the same time, but, you know, that's just me. Um, Yes, my, my studio away from studio is overlooking the Gulf, and it is sunny the clouds are wispy, the waves are rolling in, and here I am with my headset ready to talk to you about your marketing mix. (laughs) Can you imagine? You're like, you crazy woman, go to the damn beach already. Yes, that's where I'm going as soon as we're done. But first, I want to talk to you about your marketing mix beyond the four Ps. There are also seven Ps, and then there are, of course, four Cs. The marketing mix is ebbed and flowed and grown and changed and morphed and done its thing since it was originally coined. Um so <laughs> uh I love Keisha my producer's throwing out this lovely hashtag Beachside Business Life. Amen, sister, that is it. So um so I do I kinda want to walk you through what this marketing mix is. Um there- There's a lot that goes into your marketing strategy, and it's all important stuff to know. Um, It's stuff that, just like your business plan, if you've created one, some folks, you know, just wing it. But um, if you've created a business plan and developed your marketing strategy, you know a lot of this already. But there are subtle nuances that you have to grasp understand wrap your head around and we're going to kind of talk through the four p's the basics then we're going to go into the seven p's which is just an added three for those who do service industry stuff and then there are the four c's where that crosses over to the consumer side of things Um, but that's not really what i want to focus on today literally I, i kind of want to breeze through that so that you have a basic understanding but that's not my role Um, in all of this my role is one specific part of this mix which is promotion and to me that promotional piece deserves its own marketing mix and when I say marketing mix I think about that lovely little mick tape you made for your girlfriend or your boyfriend when you were in high school what were the things that were going to drive that person to understand you better to love you more to see your side of things, what lyrics, what tempo, what were those, what was it that you were trying to convey to that person that would make, help them, not make them, but help them, encourage them to love you. You know, granted we've all been 14 and when we made that mixtape, we really did want to make them love us. But, um, anyway, that's, that's kind of where I see my role in all of this is helping you with, um, with that promotional side of things. And there's so many different aspects to that. And we've, you know, multiple shows many times before we've talked about what that looks like. I mean, this is, this is your marketing. This is your advertising. Uh, this is where your dollars go, where your dollars are paid back. Um, it's not sales, marketing sales, totally different functions um marketing does not necessarily lead to a conversion there's an extra step that has to happen in there so but you can definitely and i can i can share with you client example after client example of where your marketing comes into play and how that works um I, marketing and advertising, y'all forgive me, are just honestly interchangeable words. So I'll say marketing because for some reason for me, it's easier to say than advertising. (laughs) I I apologize for that. I am not Tom Hanks currently sitting here in my chair, leaned back, tossing pencils at the ceiling. Um, Nor am I the madman type that's, you know, sleeping with my secretary. It's not going to happen. So uh there you go. That's a little me in a nutshell. But I really uh I really do kind of want to cover these, so I'm just gonna dive right in. Um so just very quickly, the four Ps, and this is just this is the at a glance at version, the four Ps are product, place, price, promotion. Extend that to the seven Ps and you've got people, physical environment, and process. So you see why this is not, I mean, this to me is more of a management consulting slash marketing slash sales giant picture, right? This is the big puzzle. Um, And it's why I I focus specifically on promotion, okay? Um, And then the four Cs, to make it even more convoluted, oh, wow. <laughs> our, our um, customer value, cost, convenience, and communication. So you can see where that kind of the tone changes. We went from product, price, place, and promotion to customer value, cost, convenience, and communication. They're more touchy-feely. They're more consumer-oriented. Um, so that's the the at-a-glance version. Now, let's talk about each of these little pieces so we have a better understanding, okay? Um, the marketing mix, starting with the four P's, let's look at what you obviously have to start with is your product. You have a product. It might be those empanadas, it might be that coffee, it might be those letter purses, it might be, <laughs> It might be um, a service-oriented thing, like mine, helping you with your marketing. So you have your product, and your product has a life cycle. It has a growth phase, it has a maturity phase, and then it has that sort of <clears throat> excuse me, sales decline phase. So... If you, if you don't know this, if you haven't realized this in your business yet, you will begin to understand this. <laughs> um, your product might ne- not need to be reinvented over and over again. Your product might be one of those, those things that can remain relatively fresh. But your telling of the marketing, sharing, option telling of the marketing, the telling of the product, the sharing of the product, the way you position the product um, depending on where we are in the world and what's happening in the environment um, will change. So, so you might go through this life cycle for your product, even if it is an empanada that's made fresh every day in your store or a cup of coffee that um, is shipped monthly on a subscription basis or those lovely leather purses made by refugees we've talked about before. Um, but, the environment in which your product is sold may change so your product will have a life cycle no matter who you are what you are where you are if you signed up for any of those business coaches life coaches i'm going to throw out um gabby bernstein as an example you will see her recycle products over and over and over again she'll change them she'll tweak them she'll make them relevant it's kind of like um going to a church and um having a preacher who can make a sermon relevant to like, here's this passage from the Bible and this is how this can work today. Now, I don't mean to get all churchy, but I'm just saying a good pastor will be able to take that line of text that was written thousands of years ago and make it relevant to what's going on today. Make it meaningful. So you're gonna end up doing the same thing too. Um those empanadas again may be made fresh daily <laughs> but who you're where they're positioned who you're selling them to that's going to change. So again, you have your life cycle. Um and just so I can call him out, y'all remember me talking about my friend, my new friend Max um last week I used him as an example. He is um being a smart aleck again today. And I could throw him under the bus and tell you what he's doing, but I won't because I don't want to make him turn 600 shades of red while he's driving down the road because he would have to explain that. All right. So that's our product. Now, in developing your product, and you've probably already been through this process. If you have not, then you're working through this process. Here's some questions that you need to ask. What does your client want from the service or product that you're providing? How will the customer use it? Where will they use it? What features must the product have to meet that client's needs? Now, you're already starting to think, oh, wait, Lindy, you've talked about stuff like this before because clients are different. And how am I going to, you're right, we're going to talk about that. Are there any necessary features that may be left out? Um, are there features in there that the client doesn't necessarily need? Things that you just need to think about. What's the name? Is it going to be catchy, relevant, stupid, silly? I mean, like, what's what's the name of the product? Um, do y'all remember that Floby thing? You remember the vacuum cleaner that cut your hair? <laughs> the the Floby there's a name for you, Um, sizes, colors available, all these things you have to think about. Um, And all of these things as you're thinking about them, uh, make sure that you're making really good notes because when you sit down after your product is developed and you start working with your web designer and they're setting up e-commerce, should you have e-commerce available, you're going to have to have all of these bits and pieces for them. Or for yourself if you're doing it yourself. Okay. Um, what is it that set your sets your product apart from your competitors? What does it look like? Okay. So those are all questions you have to ask yourself when you're, you're developing this product. The next thing is price. So if you're going up against competitors, you kind of have to know what that market looks looks like. So have you done the work? Have you done the legwork? Do you know what the competitors are selling? How much they're selling it for? How they've positioned it? How they're communicating about it to their potential customers? Be mindful of all of that because it will benefit you in any number of ways. Um, you might learn very quickly how not to do something or how you don't want to do something. Like your values, your company values and your personal values might be very different from your competitors. So if someone is selling something based on a value that they hold, but it's not a value that you hold, you can position it differently and speak to a different audience and still have a successful product, right? They don't have to say the same thing to both be successful, And I've shared this with you before. My firm belief in my heart is that there is room for all of us. We might all do similar things. Hell, some of us might do the exact same thing. There's a place for everybody in this world. There's plenty to go around. You don't have to run it. I remember working with a client once who just wanted to own the market for his product. And it always just baffled me. There's enough to go around. You just have to kind of figure out how to compete. And he was going up against some big, big competitors. So anyway, I digress. Um, So know what your competitors are doing, where their product is priced in the market. If you have benefits that can help you increase your price, if you need to increase your price or lower it to, you know, remember that you have your three-year break even, all of that fun stuff you know if you've done your business plan you know all right so price was the second piece of that puzzle we're going to go to break and when we come back we're going to continue working through the fours and the sevens and the uh, the other fours and uh we'll we'll work on the marketing mix so you're listening to lindy chafin start on unstoppable and we'll be right back
0: We all wish we had a few extra hours and a few less things to do in our hurried days. By tuning into Unstoppable, hosted by Life Purpose Coach and Marketing Maven, Lindy Chafin-Start, you'll hear success stories of how other entrepreneurs have uncovered their passions and learned to live a balanced, purposeful life. You'll receive tips and tools to market and grow your business, wrangle the chaos, and design the life you've dreamt of. Learn how to be unstoppable by tuning in to InspiredChoicesNetwork.com every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Hmm. This is Unstoppable with Life Purpose Coach and Marketing Maven, Lindy Chafin-Start. If you have a question about marketing your small business or finding balance as an entrepreneur or you're just trying to get up the courage to do your own thing, let Lindy know. You can call in the U.S. eight one five eight eight zero eight two five five, Canada six one three eight zero zero eight seven three six, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now back to Unstoppable.
1: And welcome back. You are listening to Lindy Chafin Start, and this is Unstoppable on the Inspired Choices. Network, Um, and today we're talking about those lovely (laughs) P's and C's of um, your marketing mix. Um, Before I launch into more on pricing and then so forth and so on, let me just say if you need to talk through any portion of your marketing mix, um, you know, feel free to give me a call. I'm a great sounding board, happy to listen, also happy to help with that product promotion, first half hours on me, and uh, you can find me on www.unstoppablestart.com where I can give your business the unstoppable start it deserves. All right, now, getting back into these uh, this marketing mix. So the questions you need to ask around setting your price look like this. How much does... <laughs> how much does it cost you to produce the product Um, what is the customers perceived product value there's a ratio that goes on there Um, will a slight price decrease significantly increase your market share and can the current price of the product keep up with the price of the products competitors kind of what we were talking about I sat down with my my friend and coffee, um, coffee, client, the other day, and we were talking through how much we should price the eleven ounce bags of coffee, like where where that price point needed to be for um, just a small retail establish- establishment. Um, we at, at present. Um, so far, the coffee has gone into larger places like um, hotels and where chefs would use it, where they would use this particular type of packaging. And we're going out with an 11, 11 ounce package into the you know, consumer marketplace. Uh, and where does that need to be priced and what do the competitors look, look like? Um, for this particular coffee and we're trying, you know, it's obviously positioned as a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our artisan product. Um, so, you know, we have to look at like we don't want to price ourselves out of the market, but we don't want to come in too low. We want to make sure we cover our, our cost. What's going to be... Um, uh, reasonable per case margin. So that's what we we literally sat around my dining room table looking at, you know, how much it costs for the packaging and the everything that went into this price. <laughs> so even if you have to stand with one of your best friends to work out the details of this, they can help you remember those little things like, okay, cost of the product, packaging, delivery to... Um, if there's any staff overhead and putting things together and shipping and it is you just talk through all the stuff and you work out a per package and then you work out a per case and then you you know you get the idea so that's the stuff that goes into the pricing now let's talk about the place <laughs> placement distribution um, this is again it's going to all depend On your product what you're trying to accomplish where you're trying to go with your market Um, some of the questions that you should answer are where do your clients look for your service or product where might they find you well this day and age um, but be sure to have a website Um, be sure to have a social media presence like I think that's becoming more and more universal especially when you're dealing with younger generations. Um, What kind of stores might you sell your product in? Where do your potential customers shop? Is it a mall? Are malls the same as they were? No, they're a little half and half, maybe more 30, 70 these days. Brick and mortar, small business type thing, supermarket, online, like all of these things you have to think about. How do you access the different distribution channels? How is your distribution strategy different from your competitors? All good questions, right? Think about your distribution strategy for a minute. Like, okay, so taking this coffee line, for example. So you have an online store. um, You have a grassroots presence in, say, organic grocery stores across a certain region, right, it's a good starting point. Um, And you're doing weekly farmer's markets. And as, as you're doing these things, you're gathering data from people who are interested in your product, try a sample, sign up for a mailing list, want specials, blah, blah, blah. So now you have this email marketing over here, potential. Those are your distribution channels. And they become part of your distribution strategy. Um, do you need a strong sales force or is it just you? Do you need to be at trade fairs? Yeah, coffee? Yeah, I'm shaking my head a little bit on that one. Do you need to sell in an online store? Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Next in our four P's and last in our four P's is promotion. So this is what we're going to circle back around to, but it's kind of, it's a very important component (laughs) of your marketing, this part of the marketing mix. And again, it has its own marketing mix and you can hear me just subtly hinting at it, right? You can also hear my chair squeaking probably, Um, but it's composed of these elements like the sales organization, public relations, advertising, advertising and sales promotion, like lots of different communication channels. Um, It's not the newspaper and television anymore. This is, it's a big, big, crazy puzzle. Um, And that puzzle looks different for every audience segment. It each makes up its own individual picture with its own individual message. And you make those, just kind of imagine that. Take your audience profiles that we worked on last week, create a puzzle, break out the pieces, and then make the pieces fit together. (laughs) That's how it works. Um, So there's, of course, advertising. You spend money on PR that you don't necessarily. Um, And then, of course, there are questions that you want to ask. How can your marketing messages reach your potential buyers? Eh, Who are your potential buyers? When is the best time to promote your product? When is the best time to promote your product? Now, if you're looking at social media, there are different times of the day. If you're looking at email marketing, there are different times of the week. If you're looking at seasonal marketing, there are different times of the year, right? When is the best time to promote your product? There are lots of questions to be answered. Um, <laughs> will you reach potential audience, uh, your potential audience or buyers through television ads, radio, billboard, newspaper, social media, online banners, sideboards. Hm? Street signage, sandwich boards out in front of your spot on main street. How will you reach those people? Is social media gonna be a great... <laughs> I saw that, Keisha. Um, is social media gonna be a great way to promote your product? Uh, I Across the board, I'm gonna go with yes. And there's a reason for that, and we'll come back to it. And what is the promotion strategy of your competitors? What do you see them doing? How are they reaching their customers? It's interesting. If you take a trip this summer or even for spring break, like I did, driving down the interstate, um, watch the digital billboards. Not the static billboards, but the digital billboards. When you're in and around town, like around Atlanta, you've probably got, oh gosh, any number of digital billboards. You can watch them rotate when you're sitting in traffic and see who's trying to get their message out there. What is their audience? Their audience is bored sitting in traffic. What is their message going to be? Who uses those billboards? It's a quick way to kind of identify if you fit or if you could fit. If you're really creative, you could fit. I I can fit. I promise you I can make my firm fit into that digital space, and I'll get somebody's attention. Can you do that? talk about it. Okay, so that's the promotion piece. Now, extending beyond that part of the marketing mix are the other three P's, which are people, process, and physical environment. So, when you think about, and this is kind of how I relate this, so the first four P's are the front of the house. Anybody who's worked in restaurants knows this term. There's the front of the house, there's the back of the house. So the first four P's are the front of the house. The back back three P's are the back of, back of the house, right? These are the people that work for you, the process in which your product is created, and the physical evidence, right? So you can kind of already envision where I'm going with this, but we're just going to breathe through these. So you're Your people, this is why um, when you're working with HR, if you have a larger organization, a larger company you're dealing with, um, employee retention a lot of the time. uh, You have employee rewards programs that you deal with. Uh, I've worked in recruitment. I know these programs quite well. Um, But you want those people to be evangelists for what you are doing be at the product or the service. You want them, whether they're your sales force, your customer service, the person answering the phone, you want them to, I mean, they're the face of your company. You want them to be happy. You want them to be your cheerleaders, your evangelists, like I say, your fans. That's your first line of fans right there. So People are a huge part of your business. Make sure they stay happy. Make them happy. Give them something to be happy about. Give them a product to be proud of. Give them a product to try, to test, to use. But make sure they can come back to you. And when they come back to you with feedback about that product or service, listen to them and take what they're saying seriously because, again, This is your first line of fans. This is your public-facing group of people. You want them to be heard, to be happy. All right, so that's people. Um, Here we are at break again. Darn it. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to Unstoppable on the Inspired Choices Network. We are talking about the final three Ps in the marketing mix. Definition and stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: We all wish we had a few extra hours and a few less things to do in our hurried days. By tuning into Unstoppable, hosted by life purpose coach and marketing maven Lindy Chafin Stark, you'll hear success stories of how other entrepreneurs have uncovered their passions and learned to live a balanced, purposeful life. You'll receive tips and tools to market and grow your business wrangle the chaos and design the life you've dreamt of. Learn how to be unstoppable by tuning in to InspireChoicesNetwork.com every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Are you a subject matter expert? with life purpose coach and marketing maven lindy Chafin start if you have a question about marketing your small business or finding balance as an entrepreneur or you're just trying to get up the courage to do your own thing let lindy know you can call in the US 815 880 8255 Canada 613 800 8736 or skype us at inspire choices network now back to unstoppable
1: And welcome back. Thanks for joining me on this lovely Wednesday. Um, Today we are talking about the four P's, seven P's, and four C's of the marketing mix. And additionally, uh, the grand marketing mix of promotion. So um, we were talking about these final three P's, which were people, process, and physical evidence before we went to break. And um, the people is a huge part to me, especially if you have a larger organization. Um, If you've ever watched Undercover Boss, which is something that just tickles the the devil out of me, um, seeing these bosses who, you know, they're in the C-suite, man. They sit up there and just run their company like, you know, hey, I'm gonna go build the addition on my house, and I'll check in once a week at the office. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on on the floor. No idea. Um, so they go undercover and they work work the production floor and and talk to their employees and find out who's actually doing the work for them. And in the end, it's like, oh, holy crap! I had no idea that this is what you were dealing with, this is why you come to work every day. Um, it's it's huge. So I, I take a minute, find it, watch a few episodes, you'll see what I'm talking about. But um, the, the number six in the marketing mix, of course, is the process. And this is, you know, this is that fun. Uh, not only is it the product production, but and the process of that, but it's also your sales funnel, the system in which you're paid and how you pay people, the distribution system, you know, other processes and procedures and steps that ensure your business works and runs effectively, right? Um, And anybody who's been in business and has this type of um, organization knows that you tweak and enhance and improve and change and, you know, as your product changes, you change. You're always trying to minimize costs and maximize profits. You just have to do it thoughtfully. Okay, that's the process piece. And then of course, there's the physical evidence. So um, in a service industry, there has to be physical evidence that a service was delivered. And there are also, it also kind of shows how a business and its products are perceived in the marketplace, right? There's just multiple levels to everything. Um, so your presence, your establishment, to give you some examples when you think about um, fast food, like McDonald's, Wendy's, you know, those guys, pretty well established. That's your physical evidence um, on on that end. Uh, when you think of sports, Nike, Adidas, you know names that kind of pop up now. Granted, small businesses, who this particular broadcast is tailored for, you're not gonna have that same um, presence. However, um, if even if you're in a niche market, like um, small pasture-raised organic uh, meats, you know, Your market will know your brand by name and be able to toss it around. I'm at the beach with cousins and friends who told me about a place to stop on the way down here. They know it well. I stopped. I'm a fan. I'll rave. White Oak Pastures. Check it out. All right. Moving on to the four C's of the marketing mix. Um, this is where it goes from clinical <laughs> to personal, or at least that's how I look at it. Product to consumer value, price to cost, place to convenience, promotion to communication. You see the difference. Clinical to the touchy feelies. Okay. Um, so cost. Price is not the only cost incurred when purchasing a product. Cost of conscience or opportunity cost is also part of the cost of a product, of product ownership. Does that translate? (laughs) Once again, it's kind of like becoming a fan, loving what you use on a daily basis kind of thing. Consumer wants and needs. You want to have a product or service that addresses consumer demand. It's the nuts and bolts of it. If you can't address any sort of consumer demand, then you need to take a look at your product and make some changes. When you're communicating, this is where the promotion piece comes in. Promotion seems manipulative, but communication is more of a cooperative, right? So... You want to try to create an open dialogue with potential clients based on their needs and wants, and work with them instead of just pitching them. You know what I mean? We've talked about this before. Um, when you receive that email every week or every day or every hour, depending on what's going on, if there's no value to it and values perceived. So it just depends on what you consider valuable. Marketers seem to think that I give a hoot what's on sale at Wayfair. If I want to shop Wayfair, I'll go to Wayfair. I don't need to get six emails every day from Wayfair. I just don't, sorry. I don't care what's on sale right this minute. Leave me alone. Stop crowding my inbox, Wayfair marketing team. I hope you're listening. <laughs> That's just kind of part of it. They're not asking me what I want, and need. They're not even not even identifying whether or not I've been on their site in the last few hours, few days, few weeks. They're just sending me shit to send me shit, and I get tired of it. So I don't want to shop there. It gets old. Like if I if I want to go shopping, I'll go shopping. Otherwise, just leave me alone. Um. <laughs> yes it is irritating um, alright so convenience is another is another piece of that um, where can I get the product how quickly can I get the product um, that's the nuts and bolts of convenience there's really not a lot to dissect in there <laughs> it's It's really strategically where you put your product in order for it to reach the market when the market wants it. So those are your four P's, seven P's, and four C's of the traditional marketing mix. Now, we're going to go back up here to promotion, and we're going to talk about the fun stuff. The fun advertising. I'm going to lean back in my chair and toss pencils at the ceiling. Tom Hanksy kind of advertising. Um, Product promotion has and needs its own mix. And again, this is like that sappy sweet mixtape you made for your boyfriend or girlfriend when you were. 14, 15, 16. Okay. Um, And this is kind of how you have to think of it. (laughs) So you take your audience profiles that we developed last week and we've got Johnny and June and Becky and Dennis, you know, and they range in age. um, You know, Bonnie's 17, June's 27. You know, just take it and break it out by age. So now you're, you're looking at these different people. Um, You're looking at their basic demographics, male, female, married children. Uh, You're looking at things a little bit more deeply. What kind of books do they read? What's their favorite quote? Where do they get their information? You're taking all that information and you have these different pictures of people on the wall, right? And you're trying to figure out how your product fits into their life or their their respective lives. How does your product fit? Where does it fit? What benefits can it provide to each of these individuals or can it? Does my product need this? Do I need to spend advertising dollars? Let's just reframe that real quick. Do I need to spend my advertising dollars to reach a 17-year-old? Let's see. Empanadas. Sure. Uh, Coffee. I I think probably absolutely. And leather purses are three favorite examples. Do I need to spend my advertising dollars to reach that 17-year-old? Potentially, yes, for all three. What about the 27-year-old? And he's a man. Empanadas, yes. Coffee, yes. Leather purses, seasonally. You see where I'm going? What about a 35-year-old woman? Um, Empanadas, probably not. It's fried food. She's watching her weight. So if they're veggie empanadas yeah, or they're baked, yes. If not, you're not going to provide her any particular service with this. Um, you might just make her mad unless she really loves empanadas. So then it could be a special thing. Um, coffee, absolutely. Every 35-year-old family or no family needs coffee. Male, female, doesn't matter. Purple, green, orange, blue, do care. Coffee. Leather purses, absolutely any time of the year give them a mission, that'll add to it. What? Locally sourced, organic leather, purses put together by refugees? Not only do you have a mission, (laughs) you have a product that she now knows will save the planet. Absolutely. Sell that girl a purse. Would you do the same thing with her husband? Yeah, you could probably yeah, you could probably use that exact same message on her husband because he knows that that's what she's into. Yeah. It's the mix, isn't this fun? So then you go forty something. We'll give it a four, we'll give forty nine. We'll forty seven. Whatever. Pick an age range. But you're each of these people you see has to see a benefit in the product that you're providing. So sit on that for a minute. Just think think around it. Uh, We're going to take another quick break and then we'll finish up talking about the marketing mix on the promotion side of the marketing mix. (laughs) You are listening to Unstoppable on the Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back.
0: We all wish we had a few extra hours and a few less things to do in our hurried days. By tuning into Unstoppable, hosted by Life Purpose Coach and Marketing Maven, Lindy Chafin Start, you'll hear success stories of how other entrepreneurs have uncovered their passions and learned to live a balanced, purposeful life. You'll receive tips and tools to market and grow your business, wrangle the chaos, and design the life you've dreamt of. Learn how to be unstoppable by tuning in to InspiredChoicesNetwork.com every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. This is Unstoppable with Life Purpose Coach and Marketing Maven, Lindy Chafin-Start. If you have a question about marketing your small business or finding balance as an entrepreneur or you're just trying to get up the courage to do your own thing, let Lindy know. You can call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. Now, back to Unstoppable.
1: And welcome back. You are listening to Lindy Chafin Start on Unstoppable. And today we are talking about the traditional marketing mix as well as the promotional marketing mix. So before we went to break, we were talking about um, those customer profiles that we developed last week and kind of how, how that's your launching point. Like you've got your product and your place, you know, you've, you've got all of this stuff sort of mapped out. But when you start looking at your... um audience profiles. Now you can kind of get a better idea of who might find value in your product. Now, if that person is going to find value, what does your message look like? Where do you place your message to reach that audience target? Do you do it all the time? If you're a small business, let me tell you, you don't have to. You can be strategic as a startup. You can be very careful developing this platform. Okay, you don't have to like go seek out a loan um, to promote your small business to get it off the ground. Now you have to be realistic about where your break-even is. You have to know that it's going to cost you money when you start this business and you have to be prepared. And the typical break even is about three years. I'm not going to lie. Unless you're just you've got some kind of magic that normal people don't have. That's just typical. OK, so but you can you can hit this strategically. Um, if you take those pictures of those audience targets, you know how your product will be a benefit to them, then think strategically around where to place your message. We don't have to talk about messaging today. Let's not even get into that. But you've already seen, like like if this product can be a value to this person, where am I going to send that message to them? Well it's all going to depend from um the perspective of male versus female we read totally different things. We watch totally different things. We pay attention to totally different things. <laughs> so, so, um, you know it might not be on e s p n that you want to advertise a purse unless it's coming up on Mother's Day or Valentine's Day. Then you could think about it um but is that really going to be the best spend for your advertising dollar Yes? Yeah. Probably around those time periods, yeah. But think about it. Is it television ads? Is it radio commercials, print? Um, Is it email marketing? SMS marketing? Do you already have a list in place? Remember, your list is your biggest asset. So anytime, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I was talking to a customer yesterday out in Texas. They're doing a grand opening for a new location. And we were talking about their marketing strategy for the grand opening event. Where's the first place you start? Not the local newspaper. Give a hoot about the local newspaper. That's every Joe Blow on the planet. You start with people who are going to refer business to your business. So these are referral providers in this case. And then you start with your own client list. Now, what's the message going to be to the referral providers? Hey, we've got this great new location. We're seeking, always seeking new clients and here to help you facilitate treatments for your clients to make them happy and feel better. We know this is outside of your scope of work. Here's what we're happy to help with. X, Y, and Z. Join us for our grand opening. We'll have wine, we'll have beer, we'll have cheese. Come have fun, right? Um, so that was the referral provider piece. Then there's the existing list. So you go to this existing list with a lovely email that's an invitation, and you say, thank you for being part of our business in the past, we want to invite you to our grand opening at our new location. If you know of friends or family members that could benefit from becoming a patient and receiving these services, please invite them. Ask them to our SVP. We would love to meet them and be able to share what we can do at this grand opening event and our lovely new fantastic location. How does that message reach your audience target? You have to think strategically about this. Now, will I drop that in the local newspaper? Absolutely, but I'm not going to put a lot of money in it because I don't want everybody there just because there's a bouncy house and a hot dog stand. You know what I mean? I want people who are going to convert to clients. So I want to think strategically around who I'm inviting. And there has to be some control around that. Okay. And then, of course, there's social media. <laughs> We're quickly running out, running out of time, but social media is another one of those lovely distribution channels. Um, but you don't use social media just for advertising. You can use it for advertising. It's a good investment. You get a lot of bang for your buck. And you can get really tight with your targeting in most cases. Um But social media is also one of those places where you develop this platform. You show that you're a subject matter expert, you share your testimonials or invite people to review you. This all helps develop the overall platform and presence for your small business, okay? So, if you're communicating with a 17-year-old You're going to focus on certain social media platforms, probably augmented reality if it's relevant to your business. I have a number of apartment folks that I could share that with, right? So augmented reality, um, social media for sure, but not Facebook because Facebook is not going to be on a 17-year-old's top of mind. It's not where they play. Instagram, Insta, Snapchat, uh, definitely filters are the thing. So those are the kind of things that you keep in mind. 27-year-olds are similar, um, but you can probably reach them. They've probably given you data if there's something that really interests them. But your message has to be specific to them. Your message can't be willy-nilly, and your product can't just be about making you money. It's got to be about what you're going to do to save the world and how they can be a part of it. You see where I'm going with this? So there's a marketing mix that you have to consider that involves all of these pieces. And if you think of each one of your audience targets as a puzzle and you start pulling all of these pieces together, you can develop your messaging and reach those audiences the way they need to be reached and not just throw money at it like spaghetti that's trying to stick to a wall. Is it done? Is it done yet? It's done yet. That's not what you want to do, especially as a startup. Trust me, do as I do or do as I say, not as I do. You know, we all make mistakes. So that's it for this week, folks. I hope you've gotten a lot out of our marketing mix conversation. Until uh, next week, I hope you you will remain unstoppable. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for being Inspired Choices Network's most valuable asset and for tuning in to Unstoppable. Host Lindy Chafin-Start will return next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time with more valuable tips to support you and your small business until then be unstoppable